Hey everyone, it's me, Nicole, your host, and welcome back to Thinking and Talking. (laughs) So, yes, this is my second time trying to record this episode because I ended up just ranting about school again. And in that middle of the rant, I literally began looking through my psychology textbook to find the section where it talked about energy like and motivation without reward because i was comparing that to my like a recent experience which i have had many times this experience where i work really hard on the assignment work really really hard on assignment for little to no reward for example i was talking about how i did this assignment it was 11 pages handwritten my fingers were literally in pain mentally i was losing energy physically i was losing energy but i still finished it i was so happy after i finished it and i (laughs) i had a whole dance party to myself i was just dancing i was so happy and the next day my teacher goes to grade it and she gives me a five out of ten on the assignment and keep in mind this assignment was simply notes this assignment was it was a reading it was a review guide for our unit one so because like exams are going to come up soon so we're reviewing and you might be thinking march is so early to be reviewing but it's an it's an ap exam so in the ap curriculum they start reviewing early because that exam is like very important and it can go towards college credit and it's expensive so it's very important that we review so basically I did my review guide, took me hours and hours and hours to do, two days, and I get the grade back and it's a 5 out of 10, so it's a 50%. And I just got so pissed off, this happened today when I got the grade, and I was just so pissed off because this isn't the first time, this happens all the time, where I work so hard on something for there to be almost no reward. And so I was like, so mad, I was like pissed off, I was talking to the air because I was like, Ah, oh, that's so annoying. Like, I, like you literally teach us about this in psychology, and then you do the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we literally learned that it's hard to keep like motivation when there is like no value or no like reward. Like, let's say you're running like a mi- like uh, you're running a marathon. At the end of the marathon, there is a medal that you can receive. Or there's no medal and you just feel good about yourself. You know, that's the there's an intrinsic reward, like you just feel good that you finished a marath- marathon. And then there's the extrinsic reward where it's like you get a medal. Now, let's say there's no reward at all. Like there's no intrinsic reward. There's no extrinsic reward. There's nothing. You just did it for nothing. <laughs> that's basically how it is. Because it's like, yeah, I guess I feel kind of good on the inside that I got done. So I guess that's the reward. But it's like I didn't really enjoy it doing that assignment. It was kind of like painful. <laughs> so I didn't really enjoy doing that that assignment. So really, intrinsically, was there a reward? Not really. But extrinsically, was there a reward? Like a good grade? No. So that's why I was ranting. Because I was like, oh, once again... I am just pissed off because <laughs> I work so hard and it just doesn't pay off sometimes. But when it does pay off, it feels really good, you know? Most of the time it pays off, but sometimes when it doesn't, it just 
it's not the best feeling. So I was kind of pissed off about that. But anyways, that's why I restarted the episode because I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that the whole time. Because then again, I was talking about identity and some people like, you know, link their identity to school and extracurriculars and stuff like that because especially teenagers because they don't know who they are yet including me because i'm 16 so i'm a part of that demographic but i was like i don't want to be like that like i don't want to you know be the girl who rants about school i don't want to be the girl who makes videos about school no no i don't want that to be a part of my identity so i'm not gonna make that a part of my identity if i don't want that i'm not gonna have that you know what i mean so i have to practice what i preach and stop talking about school even though it's a very you know prominent thing on my mind and in my life recently because i am a junior in high school and so you know how it is being a junior in high school that's all you think about it's literally shoved down your throat (laughs) but anyways what i wanted to talk about oh also just some just for some context it's been about three months (laughs) It's been about three months. January 11th was the last time I made my pocket, a podcast episode. And it was so long. <laughs> and it was just about ranting about school. Sorry about that, y'all. But anyways, it was, it's been about three months since I made my last podcast episode. And since then, I have read three books. I have um, watched movies, of course. I love movies, so I've watched a bunch of movies. Um, since then, I started The Sopranos. <laughs> I've been doing a bunch of schoolwork, of course, going to school online, of course. And my house has been being constructed on, and it still is being constructed on. So if you guys hear some noise, that's what you're hearing, construction. But anyways, that's pretty much where I've been. But I want to make this episode about a certain book that I read recently. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Now, I don't have any notes written. I don't have a, I don't have a script or anything. I'm just going off of my heart and my mind. <laughs> Even though that might sound a little cringy. And my dog is being insufferable. He's like, barking at the door because he wants to get out. But he can't get out because, like I said earlier... There's construction going on, so, like, the door is open in the back so they can, like, go in and out of the house. And so, it just, like, he can't go out right now because the door's open. He could just run out and get, like, killed by the pit bull across the street that already killed a dog years ago. Yes, that's not that's not over-exaggerated. Exaggerated. That is a true story. Before I moved into this house, there's the pit bull across the street. It's not even funny, but... It's just terrible. The pit bull across the street actually, like, attacked this small dog. And my dog is a small dog, but he has a, you know, big ego. So he thinks he can go up to other big dogs and fight them. You know, I love the confidence my dog has. But, honey, you're not going to win in a fight against a giant pit bull. <laughs> like, that pit bull is so big. That she only takes out the dog at night. And even when she takes the dog out at night, she has a like two, she has a, him attached to a leash. And it's like attached to the house and her hand. Because he, it's a big, big pit bull. But anyways, of course I went on another tangent. This is Nicole. This is me. Of course I went off on another tangent, guys. <laughs> Sparky, be quiet, please. 
anyways i ran out of coffee oh no but that's kind of good because having like more than one cup a day is not good for you but i am running on low energy constantly so it's kind of the only thing that helps me stay awake and by stay awake i mean jitter and shake <laughs> from all the caffeine but anyways this week i have not this week last week i read the perks of being a wallflower and let's just say it was incredible now i know you, you like people are saying people not are saying that people probably think that it's overrated because everyone talk- oh my god my dog is really about to like get on my nerves he just barked Hold on, i'll be right back Yo, my dog is on another level of annoying sometimes. I love him so much, but he needs to calm down. It's like he's on coffee. Anyways, I'm back. Just have to let him out. Hope he doesn't run outside. And I'm not, wait, that sounded so sarcastic. No, I actually hope he doesn't run outside. But anyways, okay. Okay, what was I saying? Oh, a lot of people probably think that The Perks of Being a Wallflower is overrated because the movie... So, I have seen the movie about, like, five times, maybe. (laughs) I've seen the movie a lot of times. I don't even know how many times I've seen it, but I've seen it a lot. Cry every time. It's just so good. So well-written. So... Oh, my God. I feel... I think it was a... I think it was filmed on film because, like, the color of it like everything it was just so cinematic like it like you could pause the movie at any point and it would be a picture like a beautiful picture that you could paint and and you could paint that picture sell it for hundreds thousands because it was just so pretty so beautifully written and a part of that is because steven chabosky the author of the book wrote the film like he wrote he like I don't, he didn't direct it, but he screen wrote it, I think. But anyways, such a good movie. Such a good movie. If you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch the movie. If you haven't read the book yet, go read the book. But anyways, I'm just going to talk about it. Talk about all my thoughts. If you don't want any spoilers, I suggest you not. <laughs> I suggest you skip to the end or listen through if you do want spoilers. And if you don't want spoilers, go watch the movie, go read the book, either one or both. I suggest both. And come back to the podcast after you're done. Anyways, back to what I was saying. The movie was so good, of course. I watched it a long time ago, so of course it was good. And I've been meaning to read this book, but for my my English class... One of the books that we're going to be reading is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I feel like she was just taking too long. We've we've been doing grammar. We've been doing, like, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I want to get to The Perks of Being a Wallflower already. Because I've been meaning to read this book personally. But now I have a chance to do it for school. So that gives me, time, like, an excuse to read almost. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways. 
because like I do want to read for personal reasons but school is like so like it's always on my ass so I kind of don't have time for that sometimes but anyways actually I have a science to do right now I have a bunch and bunch and bunch of homework to do but instead of that I'm gonna fucking talk about the perks of being a wallflower because I fucking love that book and I don't care period <laughs> I'm just sorry I just had to say that because I do have a lot of stuff to do but I there's there's moments where you need to take a break from that even if it's not the best thing academically it's the best thing personally you know what I mean because I've been wanting to talk about this book and like this is the perfect outlet you know what I mean and I don't want to keep postponing it three months postponing a podcast episode come on come on but anyways <laughs> i read the book i'm smiling so hard right now i wish like I'm, I'm i wish i knew how to convert um like videos to audios because then i would make a video episode and a and a um audio format like a podcast episode but i just don't know how to do that because i edit and create everything on my phone because <laughs> i don't have my own laptop or my own camera hopefully i get that soon if not this summer hopefully next summer <laughs> but anyways when i figure that out this will have a video and a and a audio format okay let's get into the book so the book is really good <laughs> that's just all i say i'm just like okay bye guys that's it the book was really good bye <laughs> i'm playing so this book is about 215 pages so it wasn't too big this took me two nights to read two days to read because i was reading it throughout the day too instead of paying attention to class i was reading it because it's just so much more interesting <laughs> but i was reading this book took me two days to read and it was just so good it's one of those books that you cannot put it down like you put it down but then you're still thinking about it because it's such a lingering type of book that you put it down but you're still thinking about it so you want to keep reading but the thing is i watched the movie before i read the book so i kind of knew exactly what was going to happen because i read the book because i watched the movie before i read it but the book still managed to surprise me. So, Like I said, again, like I said before, if you don't want any spoilers, this is not the podcast episode for you until you finish the movie or the book. Or if you don't care for spoilers, keep reading. But I told you, spoilers ahead. <laughs> so the movie and the book. I'm just going to give some context as to what the book is about. So the book follows the main character, Charlie, and he's 15 years old. Um, he turned 16 in the book, but anyways, he's a freshman in high school. And before his freshman year, a friend of his, Michael, committed suicide. And before that, even since he was a kid, he always had, you know, a lot of struggles mentally. He was in and out of psychiatric hospitals, or he just, he saw a lot of doctors, that's what he said. He saw a lot of doctors, you know, basically. He saw a lot of psychiatrists, because he has some problems, you know. Poor Charlie, he's so good, so good. So that's the main character here. And so he's he starts writing letters to a friend. The book is formatted in letters, so each, each, um... 
it's not necessarily like chapter one is a letter chapter two is a letter it's just a bunch of letters and it's separated into four parts but that doesn't really matter anyways it's in a it's in letter format i forgot what that's called i think it's epistolary format or something but that doesn't really matter here the technical terms so he starts writing dear friend he writes dear friend and then writes the everything and then at the end he says love always charlie and it's always that format it's always letter format and so he's starting his freshman year but he's really nervous because he doesn't really have any friends he's sort of weird because you know he's been through a lot of things and he's just very introverted and shy so he's kind of nervous for this freshman year for his high school year to start and so he starts writing to a friend and yeah that's pretty much it he just starts he just starts explaining his experiences his life weekly to week or day to day and all his experiences in high school and and so forth basically he's just writing about himself this is the main character writing about himself he meets this group of friends sam and patrick and sam and patrick are delightful oh my lord and they are really the perfect type of friends for charlie charlie the main character is quite an old soul he is so innocent and naive and it's just so oh my lord he is one of the best characters he is one of the best characters he really restores my faith in the world he restores my faith in humans he oh he is so sweet so sweet for example this a lot of things in the book were not shown in the movie and that kind of sucks because the author of the book helped to create the movie so i'm like if you're the author like you should have put all the stuff in there but i understand why the author didn't do that because the movie is perfect the way it is and here's why i think that the movie was specifically targeted to be a coming-of-age film and we all know how coming-of-age films go they start sort of you know sad they start sort of i don't know who i am and then at the end of the movie they sort of find out who they are and stuff like that and it's like a happy ending not everyone necessarily but that's how most of them are this one was different this one was more realistic this one was i don't know who i am i'm sad i don't know why i'm sad i'm happy and i'm ha i'm happy and i'm sad i don't know what's going on this is teenager teenage life and basically he just follows everything about his life and it was so good so good it just follows all different themes from sadness to mental like health and mental like conditions it just follows friendship it follows romance it follows so many different themes so many good different themes and it follows them in a format that is so different for example let's say romance we've all seen oh voice crack <laughs> let me take a sip hold up okay We've all seen those two thousand, those early 2000s, late 2000s rom-coms where boy meets girl or girl meets boy. And it's like, oh my God, he, I hate him. He hates me, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like lovers to enemies or it's like, or it's like enemies to lovers or it's um, a love triangle or, or it's one of those um, movies where it's like, 
the the ugly duckling makeover where the girl is some you know is some girl that like you know isn't pretty by societal standards like take for example um she's all that she she was all that before she got the makeover let's be honest like she was cute before she got the makeover but then after she got a whole makeover or whatever which is basically straighten your hair take off your glasses and put on a dress she does she does that and then boom the guy falls in love with her there's a bunch of 2000s movies like that it's <laughs> and the thing is we love those movies we love those movies i love those movies because come on i mean it's just so good <laughs> they're so good but also we have to have a balance it can't be all those idealistic movies you know what i mean where everything is perfect and he's the perfect guy or girl and all that stuff like okay we love seeing those movies because it's a great form of escapism but we also love seeing the movies that we can relate to you know what i mean and not everyone can relate to you know this movie but that's the cool thing about this movie is because if you can't relate to one thing you can relate to another you know what i mean like oh so good so good so good just so good all around so anyways this movie is different because it doesn't follow any of those um mainstream tropes it follows charlie's life and that's it like it's not about like the this book and movie wasn't about like making the audience like you know pleased and happy it was about charlie charlie the main character it was about oh my god it was so good it was about charlie it was about being a teenager and it was just so good i'm probably gonna cry during this podcast episode because it was so good and anyways (laughs) so i think i gave enough context let's talk about movie versus the book i have no notes written down or anything i just wanted to make this podcast episode because oh i'm losing my voice because it's just so good like the book and the movie of course i saw the movie already but i just read the book it was just so good i have to say something come on it's just so good but okay so the movie was really good and i was saying that the movie and the book didn't completely 100 percent like you know line up with each other but it was it, a lot of it was accurate the whole entire movie was accurate it just left some things out and i think that the, that steven chabosky the author did that on purpose because some of the things that happened in the book i feel like not i feel like most viewers would not like it and would not understand for example for example okay so when patrick and brad if you read and watch the movie you understand who brad is and i'm patrick but anyways so when patrick and brad get caught and brad's dad catches them and they can't see each other anymore and all that patrick kind of spirals you know what i mean patrick he doesn't know what to do he is looking for all types of ways to instantly gratify himself so that he doesn't have to feel that pain so that so he starts going he just starts going crazy let's say he's drinking smoking of course because they always smoke cigarettes also (laughs) 
the this is one of the things that caught me off i was so caught off guard oh my god so in the book i'm reading the book right i'm sorry i went on a whole tangent i'm reading the book and (laughs) charlie starts smoke so patrick and sam smoke cigarettes all the time i mean this book was written in the 90s so i understand so i get why they're smoking because like in the 90s smoking was a common thing you know everyone knows this so I'm like, oh, it makes sense that these teenagers are smoking because it is the 90s. That makes sense, actually. But anyways, <laughs> in the movie, they I don't see them smoking cigarettes like ever. I don't remember seeing them smoking cigarettes at all. And when I tell you the book, they were smoking cigarettes all the time. Like at lunch, like they were smoking cigarettes. They were smoking cigarettes all the time. Charlie, at one point, when he's like very alone because like he has been feeling very alone because there's this incident that happens where he kisses Sam in a true honor truth or dare question instead of Mary Elizabeth and basically the it, there was a whole like it was a whole mess and they were like yeah Charlie like we're just gonna have to you know keep away from you for a while and Charlie starts spiraling he's like uh, things are getting bad again you know and so he's starting to smoke two to three packs of cigarettes a day and so he's smoking constantly and let's just say the movie did not depict that whatsoever and i kind of understand because i feel like i feel like what's it called people would probably take that as like if they watched the movie and the kids were smoking every day and making it seem like nothing like not bad or anything but thing is the book did address that the book like charlie's sister addressed that charlie himself addresses that like um like charlie's sister even says like i want you to quit smoking like now like you're not gonna do that anymore like promise me you know what i mean so they do address that it's bad and all that but that's in the book but in the movie they don't show any type of they don't show that they were smoking ever because i think that after showing too many like trigger like triggering things and like bad things people start to be like oh like you're trying to like, you're trying to influence our children, like, to smoke and stuff like that. Like, so I understand why Stephen Chbosky probably left that out. But I just, I, when I read the book, I noticed. Because, like, I'm a fan of the movie. So I noticed these little details. I was like, oh, he smokes so much in the book, but he's not smoking at all in the movie? Oh, why is that? But anyways, it's not really that significant, but I noticed it. So I was talking about with Patrick and Brad. So another thing in the movie that they left out. So Patrick and Brad have a falling out and they don't see each other anymore. And Charlie's like there to kind of support Patrick. And like, I'm out of breath. Charlie's there to like support Patrick. And so Patrick just goes spiraling. He just, he starts going into like, this like it's he starts going to like the woods to like meet men or whatever like it's like the secret thing that people like do to meet men secretly because this is the 90s (laughs) so yeah so while he's like while he's there you know practice doing his own thing and they go to like all these different places like that you know charlie's never seen they go to patrick's all like all of patrick's favorite places this isn't all in one night of course if you read or watched the movie well this didn't happen in the movie which is my point exactly. So, this happens in the book. And so, during this, like, you know, time, which is, like, probably a few weeks, I'm guessing, where Patrick and Charlie are just sort of spiraling, P- 
Patrick's constantly drinking like wine <laughs> and he's just not doing good. During this time, Patrick would just start making out with Charlie like all of a sudden. And Charlie being the cute and innocent, like, I want to be there for you, I want to support you no matter what type of person and friend goes along with it. And also, this is actually a really interesting part of the book. Let me let me stop because there's so many good things about this book. Oh, anyways. <laughs> anyways, so I'm smiling so hard that I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm smiling because the book is really good, not because like Patrick and Charlie like being depressed and all that isn't is good. That's not good. But like the book is really good. You know what I mean? Anyways. So Patrick like would make out with Charlie. He would like initiate like kissing like Charlie and Charlie would just be like, "Well, like I don't know, like I'm kind of uncomfortable. I don't really like this." But he would never say that to Patrick because he thought that, you know, Patrick really needs someone right now and you know, if I can help him in any sort of way, this like I'll I'll try to be a good friend for him because Charlie just wanted friends. Like, oh, poor little Charlie. Like, Charlie is a freshman. He he just wanted friends. He is not in a good headspace. He is traumatized. He is going through the motions. So Charlie's just trying to cling on to his friends and be the best he can. He is so selfless. He has so many things going on in his own life, and his own mind. But he is so selfless. But anyways... I just love that character. Oh, Lord. Love that character. But anyways, he starts, you know, he makes out with Patrick. You know, Charlie goes along with what Patrick is doing. And almost like every day, like they go to like a different place or whatever. And like they go to like either they go to like a bar or they go to the restaurant. They go to some woods or they go to the golf course. You know what I mean? Or they go to a record store, all these type of places, you know, because Patrick's just trying to forget what's happening with Brad. And then at the end of the night, Pat- Patrick will end up kissing Charlie. And this would happen repeatedly and repeatedly. And it would never go any farther than kissing, but that's how it was. And I was like, oh. I was like, this was not shown in the movie. I don't know how to feel about that. Because, like, that's really, like, bad. Because <laughs> Patrick's sort of using Charlie. You know, he's sort of using Charlie as a replacement for Brad every time he kisses him and stuff like that so i was like i was like if it was like a if you were if patrick actually really loved like charlie and I'll, and he was kissing him like okay okay i'm down for that but if it's but it was so clearly not that though it like patrick and charlie's like relationship was strictly platonic except for those kisses even those kisses were platonic but like it was just Patrick was using Charlie basically like and the thing is I don't think that Patrick even knew that he was using Charlie when he did that and I don't think Charlie even knew that because <laughs> Charlie like later in the book he says to Sam like yes I was uncomfortable but like if I can even find this like I don't even know like let me find it let me find it let me find the picture Okay, look, listen, I'll read it out loud. 
It's like you can, this is what Sam said to Charlie. It's like you can come to Patrick's rescue and hurt two guys that are trying to hurt him. But what about when Patrick's hurting himself? Like when you guys went to the park or when he was kissing you, did you want him to kiss you? I shook my head, no. So why did you let him? I was just trying to be a friend. But you weren't, Charlie. At those times, you weren't being his friend at all because you weren't being honest with him. That's basically how it is. That's basically how it is. Like, he wasn't, like, he wasn't honest with Patrick at those moments. He was uncomfortable. He didn't like, you know, kissing him, kissing Patrick. He didn't want to, but he still did it because he wanted to put Patrick's needs over his own and he wanted to be a good friend. But being a good friend isn't being completely selfless. It's about being honest. And although Charlie is honest, he's not. You know what I mean? And he doesn't know that he's not being honest. So it's like he really has a lot of self-realization happening in this book. And I love it. So yeah, what I was saying. Movie versus book. The movie did not show that whatsoever. And I really wish they did. Because like... It's just so, like, interesting. Like, I was like, wow, it makes a lot of sense. Like, because, you know, Patrick, it just shows... Because I feel like Patrick and Sam in the movie are not one-dimensional characters, but they're not very... Like, I love them in the movie, and I love them, in, but I love them in the book even more. Because in the book, you see more sides of them. You see more, like, you just know more about them. You see who they are, really. In the book, in the movie, you see that, you know what I mean? But it's not as much as the book, you know what I mean? So that's why I was like, oh no, like I wish they showed that in the movie. But then again, I understand why the author didn't show that. Because critics probably would have been like, oh, you're depicting gay people in a bad light. You're saying that gay people prey on straight people. And that's not what the book or the author was trying to depict at all. Because Patrick was not preying on charlie he was not let's be honest here charlie fully consented to kissing to, to kissing patrick in the book multiple times he didn't like it but he did it he didn't like it but he chose to do it you know what i mean so like he might not have been comfortable but he chose to do it he said yes to doing it because he wanted to be a friend he might not have wanted to do it really deep down but he said, but he said, I'm gonna do it. I mean, he didn't say, he didn't say those exact words because he's like, I'm gonna do it, Patrick. No, <laughs> but he fully agreed to it. You know what I mean? So you like, if them, if they show that in the movie, I feel like people might not have understood it as well as in the book. In the book, you clearly understand that it is not Patrick using, using, um, what's it called? Charlie as like you know some type of boy toy it's not that whatsoever but i feel like people viewers of the like viewers of the movie might not have understood that because not everyone likes perks of a wall per, the perks of being a wallflower let's be honest here it's a great great book it's a great movie but not everyone likes it and i feel like those people that don't like it would probably say that about those characters and would probably hate on the movie because of that and i just think that's wrong like, don't hate on the movie. Don't hate on the movie. It's a real good movie. <laughs> but yeah, I understand why it's not in the book again. But, and I'm, I mean, I understand why it's not in the movie again. But it would have been nice if it was. But then again, I like that it wasn't. Because 
it kind of like when you read the book you like it's just it gives you more understanding behind the character and not every single thing needs to be put in the movie for you to understand you know what i mean really good book another thing that wasn't in the book was that was um oh was the whole mary elizabeth thing oh my god so i oh my god so this was so funny to me not funny but this was like a big thing and i'm so surprised they didn't show that in the movie because okay so you guys have read the if you're still here you read the book you watched the movie or you know either or or whatever so i'm not spoilers have already been done like no more spoiler warnings <laughs> so mary elizabeth was um charlie's girlfriend for a while charlie did not really like you know mary elizabeth he was kind of with her to be a people pleaser he was definitely a people pleaser he hate he never really you know said how he felt he just did what other people did what other people liked because he hated hurting people and he would never want to hurt anyone else. So he kind of just did what people He just did what people liked. He was a people pleaser. And so Mary Elizabeth sort of stepped steps all over him. And not like in a way that's like bad. Like she's like, shut up, shut up. Uh. Like, no. She's not she does she's not a bad girlfriend. She's just not the best. So she talks over him constantly. She never gives him a chance to speak or do anything really so you know we saw this in the movie mary elizabeth is constantly talking you know she doesn't really give charlie a chance to speak she kind of, he's charlie kind of being a pushover when it comes to that relationship and we saw that in the movie however the movie did not show us what was happening when mary and mary elizabeth and charlie were hooking up so in the movie it shows that they kissed one time after prom and that was it but in the book, they had sex. <laughs> I'm like, so that's why I'm laughing. Because it's like, the movie really downplayed that whole relationship. Like, the book, it was definitely, like, they're like, what's it called? It was like, Charlie was uncomfortable. I mean, he when is he not uncomfortable? <laughs> I love you, Charlie, this character, fictional character. But he he was uncomfortable for sure. Like, he literally says in the book at one point, like, this sex thing is kind of weird. <laughs> He's like, dear friend, sex is kind of weird. And then he just keeps going. Like, <laughs> I mean, he has a point. But, like, it was so funny because this book, however, like, it's really sad. It's really sad, but it's really funny because the writer just knows how to write. The writer just knew how to write. It was actually funny. It was sad, but it was funny. So, like, he just wrote that, like, he started off a, le a letter like, Dear friend, sex is weird. And then he just went off into, like, a whole different, like, topic. It was so funny because, like, it was so brushed off in the book, but, like, it still had significance. But in the movie, it was so brushed off that it didn't even happen in the movie. So I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? I was like, did I just read that right? Him and Mary Elizabeth, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this happening in the movie. I'm I'm a little thrown off right now. <laughs> and, well, anyways. Also, oh my god, the book does such a good job of, like, making these characters non-one-dimensional like in the book like not in the book like in the movie mary elizabeth like who mary elizabeth was like she was like nothing in the movie 
like she was important but she was not like we didn't know that much about her personality in the book we learned that she she likes what's it called she like should we learn about the music she likes should we learn about the books she likes the she is a feminist we learn about all these types of things about her she has low self-esteem we learn about all these different things about mary elizabeth sam patrick charlie oh his sister too i'm gonna get into that we learn all these different types of things in um in the book that were left out in the movie so i was like oh okay this book is really good i was expecting to read the book and being like yeah i already know this i already know this but i was definitely caught by surprise and a good surprise not good necessarily like the things that happened were good like his sister like what's it called his sister like gets hit and stuff like that like we saw that in the movie once but it was never like the to the extent that it was in the book you know what i mean but anyways it was just a really good book and good movie but the movie left a lot of things out the movie was really good but i recommend the book but anyway, i recommend both but i recommend you to watch the movie and read the book both don't just do one <laughs> i mean you do you but anyways so what was i saying oh so charlie and mary elizabeth have sex and i was like kind of taken aback because i was like charlie does not seem like the type who is ready for that charlie was 15 16 in this book a freshman in high school and he he literally was like he had like sam gave him advice about going on dates with girls and stuff like that and he was asking like and what like what do i do if they want to like do more than kiss and sam was like well if you're ready go ahead if you're not like just tell them i'm not comfortable with this and they should be okay with that you know what i mean and (laughs) and charlie was like okay and then he said and then charlie like they go on like charlie and mary elizabeth go on like multiple dates and he's like they start kissing and he's like oh i'm not i'm kind of uncomfortable i don't want to like go on you know what i mean and mary elizabeth fully like respects him always always although mary elizabeth does you know talk over him and stuff like that and not really listen to his opinions and ideas she does respect him you know what i mean and that's really good so like it was never to a point where like you know not like anything charlie and mary elizabeth did in the book was not consensual it was always consensual so like thank god for that thank god for that thank god for that because i don't think i could handle any more trauma from this book (laughs) but anyways i just was taken aback because i really thought that the relationship between mary elizabeth and charlie was super dense like i really thought they just went on that prom date had a few phone calls and then he had that truth or dare time and then they broke up that's it because that's exactly what the movie showed so that's exactly what i was expecting i was expecting it to be like prom kiss um talk on the phone break up (laughs) but it wasn't that at all it was like like it went on for like a while and like he was even talking to his sister like you know what was so funny though (laughs) oh my god this book is so good what there was this page where like he would like after school mary elizabeth would call him And, like, she'd be like, what's up? And he'd be like, nothing. I just walked home. But he didn't even say that. He'd just be quiet. And she would just start talking. He said that he went to the bathroom and came back. And she was still talking. And she she never noticed that he left. And I was like... (laughs) 
I was like, oh no, Charlie, Charlie, honey, like, <laughs> he went to the bathroom, came back, and she was still talking on the phone, like, that just says, like, what their relationship was like, but the book really, really added way more, like, details to that relationship, they added more details to all of the relationships, the, the relationship between him and his sister, him and his brother, him and Michael, him and other kids at school, him and his teacher, oh my god, him and... I think I might have to make a part two to this because it was so good. Him and his teacher, his him and his mom, his his parents, like his grandparents even. Like, oh my god. They just added so much more like detail in the book. And it was so good. But like added so much more detail, yet the book still felt fresh. And it like when you picture it in your mind, it was still like the movie. You know what I mean? But anyways, it was really good. <laughs> So, anyways, some of the stuff that was, you know, in the book was not in the movie. Another thing that was in the in the book but not in the movie was him and his sister's relationship. So, him and his sister had a pretty, pretty unique type of relationship. It's very wild. And I don't mean wild like, yeah, we went on so many, like, trips and stuff like that. We're so wild. <laughs> I mean, like, shit. Like, that's traumatic. <laughs> But anyways, so him and his sister, like, they don't have a bad relationship, let's say, but, like, it, there was a lot of moments where I was, like, tearing up because it was so, like, so wholesome yet traumatic, like, so there was this time where Charlie caught his sister in the basement with another guy having sex, and, like, I was, like, the i was like i was not prepared for this i was like i had no idea that happened because you know the movie didn't show that so i was like oh what i was like oh shit and like they described how like her legs were like you know you know so i was like no i was like no like that's terrible i was like no poor charlie like go to sleep charlie like oh my god it's like and like he just wants to like he's all he all this character wanted was a friend and that's like the the most sad little thing because he wanted to go like watch tv with her and like that happened so it's like oh shoot and like there was this moment in the book where like he was very alone and his friends weren't talking to him for a while and he respects other people's wishes so much he respects other people more than himself like i don't know how like that's a strength and a weakness in itself you know what i mean but anyways so the his friends like didn't want to like talk to him for a while. They're like it might be best if you stay away for a little while. So he did that. And he comes home. He wants to watch TV with his sister because he's like I need to be with someone right now. You know things are getting bad. And his his sister is with like a new guy. So she's like get like get out. Like can't you take the hint? Like we're trying to watch this alone, or whatever. And he just goes like and he stare he goes upstairs and stares at the ceiling until he falls asleep. I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Charlie. Charlie, stop. Stop, Charlie. Stop. You're making my heart break. But the thing is, like, those are, like, the more, like, sad, like bad parts to their relationship. But then there's a good part where... So, what's it called? So, his sister... I forgot the name of his sister, but... <laughs> his sister... Charlie's sister his, um, was in a relationship with the ponytail guy or whatever... And he, like, hit her and stuff. And we really did not get, like, any type of context on that in the movie. In the movie, Charlie just walks in 
and his sister gets hit. And then the sister's like, don't tell anyone, close the door. And that's it. That's all we hear about it. In the book, it was so much more different. In the book, they it was like all three of them watching TV. And I think that was it. But anyways, and what's it called? His sister is like, you know, you're such like a mama's boy or something like that. Like, and his sister is basically just saying all these like bad things to his to her boyfriend. And she's just saying like, you should stand up to your bullies. If Charlie can stand up to his bullies, you can do it. Which Charlie did actually multiple times in the book. He one time he only, in the movie, he only stood up to his bullies once where he like, you know, blacked out and like beat up the kids that were trying to beat up Patrick and also, I don't think he really blacked out. He didn't actually black out in the book when he beat up those kids who were beating on Charlie. He just didn't want to give a lot of detail because he was like, I don't want to give a lot of detail on that. And I'll completely understand because it is traumatic. So I was like, okay, Charlie. <laughs> you know, this is a book. I'm talking about it like it's a real person. It's a book, a fictional book. Let's get that right. <laughs> this is 48 minutes long. I need to stop. I need to do my homework. <laughs> but the book was so good. Anyways so what i was saying so before so he's so his girlfriend's just saying all these types of nasty things to her to her boyfriend and she's like you need to stand up to your bully blah, 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 and all that and so he and uh, so the boyfriend slaps her in the face and charlie's sitting there like oh, what the heck like what just happened and he and he writes in the book and he says well i guess he stood up to his bully and I was like, I literally sat in silence for like a minute. Because in the book, it was like, he hit her real quick in the room and then shut the door. Boom. No, I mean, in the movie, that's how it was. But in the book, I was like, shit, like, what the heck just happened here? Like, I was like, taken aback. Because hitting your, you know, significant other is never, never, never okay. But in the book, they just showed so much more context and detail behind why that happened. It wasn't like a hit and then done. It was like a build up and it gave us reason behind it. I mean, you shouldn't you should never do it regardless, but the book gave us more detail and that's what we like. You know what I mean? We like detail. And so I was like, I don't I was so conflicted out about it cuz I was like I mean, he did stand up to his bully, but like and he was like, I mean, he was he was like, I guess my sister was his bully, and he stood up to her and to her or whatever. And I was like, I guess that's true, but that's really bad. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit, like that's not good. But he did stand up to his bully, but not not good. Wasn't good. No good. Bad. Bad. Scary. Bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not good. But anyways, event. So. Oh, now we're getting into Bill. So his English, his his advanced English teacher, he's in freshman year, his advanced English teacher, who's played by Paul Rudd in the movie, his name is, I forgot his name, his actual like Mr. Blah Blah name because Charlie gets to call him Bill because they have this sort of relationship where like they just talk about books, they talk about life and all that type of things and Charlie writes a bunch of essays for them and like Charlie, like, you know, stays at their school and talks to Bill, the teacher, and just, like, you know, stays in after, out in lunch and stuff like that and just talks to him. And by the end of the book, actually, what's it called? The teacher even visits him in the hospital and the teacher, like, they even have this whole dinner at the teacher's house with his wife. And it's just so beautiful. 
And, like, you can tell this was written in the 90s, or you can tell it's fiction, because in real life, that would be a total violation of, like, whatever law there is in place that forbids students and teachers from having relationships like that you know but it but it wasn't like a relationship that was bad you know what i mean like oh the teacher hit on the student no 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 no. thank god there was something beautiful in this book and that was bill and charlie bill was a teacher like i said and they were just it was just the sweetest thing ever really because bill had the most philosophical most wise things to tell charlie and it really sunk it really sunk like let me give you some of the things that he said to charlie what's it called this is one thing that i highlighted it's just that sometimes people use thought to not participate in life okay basically charlie thinks all the time he overthinks all the time he is not good in mind you know he's very ill not ill but like he's just not he's not doing good as we know and that's just such like a good like quote like he like he's basically using all his like thoughts and emotions to you know have to 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 not have to confront participating in life and meeting people and having experiences and stuff like that and charlie really takes that quote which is in the beginning of the book and he runs with it he says i'm i'm trying to participate till the the last page he even says i'm going like i'm trying to participate now like i'm going like i'm trying to participate now so like i might not be writing too much to you friend you know what i mean in the book so he really takes that quote and runs with it and so will i because i completely agree with this quote like a lot of people including myself sometimes We'll just think and think and think and think about doing things and think about, you know, doing all this stuff and like, but we'll never actually participate. They'll just sit in a room or sit wherever and think about life and think about all this type of things, but they won't participate in life. And that's such a true thing. And I was like, oh my God, this book really, really hits. And then there's another quote by Bill, the teacher on the same page that just shows you how philosophical he is. And it says, Charlie, we accept the love we think we deserve. Now, everyone who watched the movie knows this quote is iconic. It is iconic. You cannot lie. This quote is iconic. And it's not just iconic because it's like good and it sounds good. It's iconic because it's true. It really is true. Because like like with his sister, his sister, you know, gets with a lot of, you know, guys that aren't good for her. And it's because, like, it's because she has low self-esteem and a lot of things, you know what I mean? And that's the love that she thinks she deserves, basically. But she eventually ends up finding her self-worth and she, you know, moves on and tries to find better guys, you know what I mean? And that's just so great. And that just shows how once you know what you deserve, you will attract that, What you will attract what you deserve. You'll get when you know what type of love you you deserve, you will start to accept that love that you deserve. And that's true. That's just true on so many levels. That's just true on so many levels. The book and the movie did that really well. They did that really, really well. So good. So good. <laughs> I'm like out of breath talking about it. Oh my lord. 
I could go on for hours about this book. Let me stop looking through the book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reread this book for sure, especially since I, as I said earlier in this podcast episode, I don't know if you remember. I have to read Perks of the Wallflower for my English class, but they're taking. But she, my teacher was taking too long to start the book that I've just started reading ahead, and I finished it in two days. And we're gonna start reading the book like soon, so I'm probably gonna re like read this two times. Once for like myself already that I already did, and another time to do the assignments and stuff like that when we start the book in class. So <laughs> I'm kind of ahead, you know. But anyways. My perks, my perks of being a wallflower knowledge is on point. <laughs> but, yeah, so the book just showed a lot of things that the movie didn't. But the movie did do really good. The movie put the visual aspect to it. And also, the book... So, Charlie has, like, his favorite songs. He makes a lot of mixtapes and stuff like that. His favorite song is Asleep by the Smiths. Really good song. Really sad song. And in the movie, like, they put those songs on in the movie. You know what I mean? And the movie just completely depicts what... The movie completely depicts what the book would be would look like. You know what I mean? And that's because the author helped create the movie. So, you know, thank God for that. I love when the author helps to create the book. Look, not the I love when the author of the book helps to create the movie. Like, with Call Me By Your Name. Like come on i mean come on it's just so good i mean i haven't read call me by your name yet but i've seen it so many times it's just so good (laughs) just so good but anyways so yeah that's just i've been talking for too long that's just some of the oh also with his sister so his sister she got with a lot of guys that weren't good for her you know she accepted the love that she thought she deserved which she didn't and so yeah she just and so eventually the guy that she was with that hit her she got pregnant and she had and she wasn't going to have his child because you know she was very young senior in senior she's a senior in high school let me drink drink some water <laughs> like so his sister was a senior in high school she's young she has a lot of, a lot ahead of her and the father of the child wasn't exactly a good, you know, fit. He also was a senior in high school. He hit her and stuff like that. So, you know, not exactly a good fit. So she decides that she is 18, so she can go, you know, go get an abortion. And so she decides to go do that. Charlie is 16, so he can drive her. So Charlie drives her to the clinic and she goes in there and she does the procedure. She has an abortion. And Charlie is there waiting in the car. He has so much anxiety. He's smoking like a whole pack of cigarettes in the car while he's waiting for her. And when she gets out of the car, and when she gets out of the clinic and she finishes um, the procedure, she goes in the car. And she's like, "Charlie, stop smoking!" Blah blah blah. And she doesn't even she doesn't even say anything about the about the abortion. Like at first, like well, I mean, she does, but like the first thing she says is like, "Charlie, like stop smoking. Like that's bad for you. Like blah blah blah." And then they just have this moment where they're laughing and laughing and laughing for, like, 20 minutes about her, like, saying, like, Charlie, stop smoking. Because he was, like, this is the, like, this is, like, we're out, like, look at where we are right now. We're outside of an abortion clinic and you're, like, yelling at me for smoking. Like, this is, 
so like it was so absurd that he just had to laugh and they were just had a wholesome moment where they were like laughing about that and you know it's having abortion isn't something that's funny of course they're not laughing at that they're laughing at like sort of their situation you know like to cope and so she goes and she falls asleep in like the back trunk or stuff but before that they have this like bonding moment where it's like where she's like thank you charlie for like helping me like thank you and like it was just the sweetest moment because he really did care about her he really not did she's not dead or anything i mean it is a fictional character though <laughs> but it was just a very very wholesome yet very hard hitting topic moment and topic so the book i was like wow like she had like she got pregnant and had an abortion and like that's a really crazy thing and so the movie did not show like once again the movie did not show that whole thing and i sort of understand why because that's also a controversial topic as well so i understand why it didn't show that but you know the movie was good without having to show it anyways i mean if you want to see every if you want to hear about every single detail read the book i 100% recommend reading the book 100% 110% recommend reading the book i mean the move so the movie didn't show everything it did show a lot but not everything but from what it showed the movie was great but the book was even better <laughs> The book was even better and i really like the portrayal of their relation of charlie and his sister's relationship in the book because it just had so much more depth like we saw him and his sister's relationship in the movie like barely barely but you know in the book you really did get to you know have a have a look into his life and that's just so so good so refreshing you know what i mean to see all the detail put into every single character in person like there's detail put into every single character in that book and that's just dedication is just beautiful anyways a lot of hard-hitting topics in that book but overall but overall beautiful but anyways a lot of lessons were learned from this book let's say I, I watched the movie, you know, many times, but after reading the book, it hit different. Like, <laughs> I was crying. Like, this book was so good that I was crying beginning, middle, and end, and, like, all different places in the book. Because it was just so good all over. Like, from the first page, like, I knew this was going to be a good book. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just good all around. But anyways, um... I'm like looking at the sky smiling because it's just such a good book. I'm surprised I'm not crying because it's just so good. <laughs> but a lot of life lessons were learned from this movie. Let's uh, for example, let's try to accept the love that we deserve. Let's try to accept the love that we deserve, you know, and we deserve so much more than we think we do. Let's let's really think about that. You guys, everyone deserves a lot more than they think they do. You know what I mean? Stop self-deprecating. Like, you know, don't put yourself on a pedestal where it's like, I'm better than everyone else. But put yourself in a place where you are a priority. Because Charlie does not do that. This character does not do that. His priority is everyone but him. And it shows because himself, he, he himself struggles very badly because he doesn't put himself in priority. You know what I mean? So, try to do that, everybody. <laughs> you 
you like you matter like we everyone like everyone deserves love everyone deserves to have a life worth participating in you know what i mean like don't spend all your time in wallows and thinking and just being sad for yourself of course you know there's moments of sadness but don't let every single moment be like that participate in life I'm not preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself as well. Because I read this book and I literally was going about my day. Like, I was getting mad at my teachers and stuff like that. And I would just sit, I would recenter myself. I sat down. I said, I am here and that's enough. Period. And that's exactly what this book is about, really. Like, you're here and that's enough. Like, don't try to romanticize everything. I mean, you have to, you know, make your life, you know, fun to live in, of course. But, like, don't try to, like, don't have too many high expectations. Because when life doesn't meet that, then, you know, there's a lot of disappointment there. Have expectations, but don't set them so high where it's like, I'm going to become a princess someday. Like, no, let's be realistic here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be the queen of England. Like, okay, let's be realistic here. (laughs) Like, that's not really possible, you know? But, you know, just try to participate in life. Accept the love that you actually deserve. Just know that you are enough, and that's all you need to do. You're here right now. Like, what matters is that you're here right now. And that's enough, you know? Stop trying to be like, oh, but, like, my grades could be better. Or my acne could be better. Or I'm, like, talking to myself right now at this point. <laughs> or this or that or that or that. Or, like, I could, have, I could, you know, have abs or I could be, like, this or that or that, you know? Just stop. Just stop. You are enough. Right now, right here, you're enough. Let's look through my marked books. And also, there's a so there's a lot of songs and books that are mentioned in this um, book, and like I want to read the books that you know are recommended and you know talked about in here because they seem really good. And also, nostalgia is a thing that's in this book as well. So you know, nostalgia is great, but don't rely on nostalgia for the only sense of happiness. You know what I mean? Like, you have to create, you know, you have to create moments right now. You can't rely solely on nostalgia. Because nostalgia can be, it can make you happy, it can make you sad. But it can't be the only thing you rely on, you know? Ah, this book is just really, really good. But, I'm gonna read a quote that I just highlighted. Not highlighted. I highlighted when I opened this. But even if we don't have the power to choose where we come from, we can still we can still choose where we go from there. We can still do things, and we can try to feel okay about them. Period. <laughs> it's just so it's just so true. It's just so good. It's just so wholesome. It's just great. You know, like that's so true. Like, you know, you might not like where you are right now. But you can choose, you know, where you go from here. And what matters is, you know, your decisions and yourself. I mean, your friends matter. Also, that's a very big thing in this book. 
friends and family is a great thing to have oh my god like without like sam and patrick charlie i don't know where charlie would be really i really don't know where this character would be but having friends and family is really great but you cannot put them on a pedestal you cannot expect them to be perfect charlie really expected them to be perfect all the time i mean he did he what i mean he didn't really expect like them to be perfect of course but deep down he definitely like was like oh sam's this sam's beautiful sam's perfect sam's blah blah, blah. but sam wasn't all that i mean she was all that but i mean like she wasn't what his mind like said he, she was and sam addresses this in the book you know what i mean like you need to have more faith in yourself because he has so much faith in people so much faith in the world but none in himself and that's what he needs to have that's what everyone needs to have have faith in your world have faith in people but most of all have faith in yourself just like elwood said in her speech in legally blonde <laughs> but yes it, overall this has been an hour and eight seconds in eight minutes pretty pretty long so <laughs> i need to cut this short overall my thoughts on the book it was beautiful beautifully written just beautiful messages just so good so good oh my god if you can't relate to every single thing on there that's fine like if you can't relate to this that's fine but you can definitely relate to this you know what i mean like it's and that's what makes a book and a movie you know good that's what makes it hits home when it when it's relatable you know what i mean when you read the book and you're like damn that's true like i do need to participate more in life like i read that line and i was like that's true because i really sit and soak instead of like you know participate in life and i need to go do that and so i literally have been waking up every day like what how am i gonna participate today you know and that's really how we have to live life how am i gonna participate today how am I gonna live my best life, you know? And it's just just a beautiful book all around. I highly recommend it to everybody. I mean, not exactly to children. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to your average five-year-old. <laughs> I think I would recommend it to people in high school. Definitely. I feel like if you're in grade school, you probably will not you know understand these themes and will probably be dis highly disturbed but i think if you're you know i think you will have to be mature to read this book and the movie too of course i recommend the movie and the book but i recommend it to those who feel mature enough <laughs> to you know have heavy themes like sexual assault and uh, you know things like that it's just really good. I feel like every high school curriculum should have this. And I'm really glad that my high school curriculum has it. Because I think a lot of people should read this book. It's really, really good. Really good. <laughs> so anyways. Overall, again. This book and the movie was great. I'm really glad I read the book. And I think everyone. Should, like I said earlier. <laughs> every, go read the book. Go watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Go read the book if you haven't read it. Yeah. And remember, you deserve the world. You really do. Whoever's listening to this, if you made it, you know, text me or... <laughs> text me. 
text me or hit me up somewhere and say asleep okay anyways i hope you enjoyed this episode i certainly did because the book is just amazing and talking about it is amazing as well i really hope you all have a good day good morning good night good afternoon wherever you are and yeah you are a wallflower bye that was so cheesy oh my god but it's true Hi. <laughs>